Guess who? It's me again. It's five o'clock. Do you care what the mainstream media says? What's up, family out there? You listening? What's up? What's up? Good to see you guys out there. Welcome to May already. Man, holy cow. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Uh, yeah, May 2nd already, guys. Um, <laughs> April just uh, flying by by the seat of our pants, I guess. I don't know, whatever you call it. Uh, it's over already. April showers are gone. May flowers are here. So looking forward to uh, an interesting uh, month for sure. It should be a fun, fun week for sure. And then a fun month, a fun summer, really. I uh, hope all is well for you guys out there. Um, hope you guys had a great weekend, got a chance to get away from it all and kind of just, uh, you know, chill a little bit, uh, t- turn off some of the news and just enjoy family and the environment and whatever else you can do out there. <clears throat> uh, I had a crazy busy weekend as well. Um, got the keys for the house on Saturday. I was hoping to go to Madison for the uh, for the decertification rally, um, but got the keys on Saturday, so yeah, that wasn't happening. Um, plus the terrible rain and stuff, I didn't want to risk my equipment on that kind of rain. So um, yeah, so I uh, got the keys Saturday and um, worked on the house all weekend. <laughs> uh, you know, just cleaning and you know, new faucet, new toilet seats. You know, wiping the floors down, just do whatever I can, get stuff done. Seeing how bad the carpet is, stuff like that, making a list. All the stuff that I'd like to do, um, if I can find a way to finance it, <laughs> uh, working on that too. Um, but yeah, so um, that was my week. I got to play with uh, Fawcett yesterday, and yeah, you know how that goes. Um, <laughs> had fun with that. So that's what I. Had. That was my weekend, pretty much. Um, finished up getting some stuff packed in here, so we're getting pretty close to that. Uh, so it'll be. I think it's next week. Let me pull up my calendar here. Yeah, so. Next Thursday, Friday is the planned move day. So I'm not sure how I'm going to be able to stream or not. We'll just kind of see uh, how it plays itself out. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it works. But um, yeah, so got the keys. Um, still got to get down to the land and get some stuff over there done. Uh, one of these weekends, too. I got the garage is still trashed. I got to get stuff in there. So I got lots to do, lots to do coming up here in the next couple of weeks. So I'm going to try to stream every day like we like we normally do. But uh, if, if you don't pop, see me pop in one day, you'll know I got crap going on that I, that I can't uh, set aside. So appreciate you guys very much. Thanks for being here today. Everyone over there on the Foxhole.app, appreciate you guys being here today. Do me a favor, tell a friend, tell a family member about the Foxhole.app. Uh, oh, I see Ozark's Freedom Girl there. Thank you for the can. Lard's in the house. Peapod, good to see you out there. Let's go, Brandon and 
Warrior Mima, thank you. Yes, I am uh, very much. Pepe's, my Pepe sign fell. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I got going on. Um, crazy busy weekend. Uh, you know how that stuff goes, planning for moving, all that stuff. But, yeah, uh, looking forward to getting the studio set up and getting um, some, some stuff changed with the show and stuff like that, finally. So... Looking forward to that. Indeed. Thank you, Warrior Mima. Peapod, uh, son's doing well. He's doing well. Um, you know, trying to get through life uh, in this crazy world. Uh, you, you get it. <laughs> so thanks for being over there, everyone on the Fox Without App. Do me a favor. Tell a friend. Tell a family member. Drop that that uh, link into your favorite social media. Say, hey, come, in, uh, come hang out on the Fox Without App. Um, lots of good stuff happening today and, and lots of stuff to, to get through today. So we'll get to that here pretty quick. Everything on Censored Abe, uncensoredabe.com. Made it easy for you. So check out the website when you get time. The podcast is up there, Podbeam, iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify. Pick one, anyone, whatever your favorite one is. Thank you for all the support to all the podcast listeners out there. Great growth over there. Um, we're, I think we're approaching 300 episodes now on the podcast pretty quick here. So I think we're on like 260-ish or something like that. So, man, time flies by when you're having fun. There's the Telegram and True Social link at the very top right there. If you want to watch, you can watch it straight from the website right there as well. A little bit about me, the merch store, back up and, and working. I got to get it updated again. Um, but nonetheless, if you want some uh, some merchandise, I want my News on Century shirts. I'm going to get some uh, some other ones. Uh, I don't know. I'm still working on that. I don't have time for that shit right now. So check that out when you get time. You can always check the merchandise out if you want to get uh, some shirts. If you want a free bumper sticker, let me know. I'll, I'll mail you one for free. Uh, if you want to watch the live show every day, 5 Eastern, Monday through Friday, Foxhole, DLive, Twitch, Rumble, CloudHub, and Tiger Network are where you can find those. YouTube banned us. So be it. See you later. Uh, last week's show with uh, Patel Patriot as he joined us on Thursday about 15 minutes early. If you haven't seen that, check that out when you get time. The Friday show is up there as well. Uh, just kind of a chill Patriot roundtable with Denise kind of hanging out with me on Friday. That was fun. Uh, also, the Dr. Judy Mikovits um, interview from uh, the Reawaken tour is up there. Phoenix is up there. Dallas is up there. South Kesha, Wisconsin, and the last decertification rally is up there if you want to check those out when you get time. If you want to help me keep the lights on, there are several ways you can do that. You can use your favorite platform and send gold pills, things like that, bits, uh, subscriptions. Uh, Cash App, PayPal, and Patreon are also ways you can do that. Thank you for all the Patreons out there that uh, help pay the bills. You guys help pay for the streaming fees and the internet and stuff. So thank you guys for that. Appreciate you having over there on Patreon. And finally, some some of you guys, I see you guys putting some orders in over there on uh, on uh, 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 my pillow which is pretty cool. I get a weekly report showing if I get any orders. And finally, three weeks in a row, we got orders in. So thanks, guys, for the support. If you want to get uh, something that you need from my pillow, just check it out when you get time. Uh, you get a free gift, free book gift with uh, with your order. They have beds, uh, all kinds of cool stuff that you can get over there. Uh, dog beds, I should say, uh, pillowcases, pillows, throw blankets, comforters. I mean, whatever you need. Of course, the couch pillows, regular pillows. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, checking the sheets out and... Uh, as well as the the slippers, kind of something that we'll cruise around the house with. So looking forward to that. MyPillow.com backslash Abe is how you can do that. You can also um, call directly. Uh, the phone number is scrolling on the bottom of your screen. There, You can call them directly if you want as well. So that, that's all the ways you can support to help me keep the lights on. Thank you all for the, for the thoughts, love, and prayers. Honestly, if you can just share the stream, just tell one person, you know, once a week or something, hey, come hang out, hang out with us. That would help me out a lot. So I appreciate you guys very much. Facebook, True Social, and Gab links at the very bottom. Email address and P.O. Box if you want to email me. Appreciate you guys very much. Thanks for working your way in here today. 
as you do pretty much every day. Thank you, Warrior Mima. Thanks for the congratulations. I appreciate that. Ozarks Freedom Girl, you as well. Thank you. Good to see you out there. Ohio Patriot with a can. Thank you very much for that. <clears throat> Hobal as well. Let me go check in with Twitch as we're up to almost uh, 1,200 followers and 34 subscribers now over there on Twitch. Thank you very much. Panzer Pappy, good to see you out there. I uh, saw you dropping something. Hello, Deplora Laura, Kirk Allen, Chris, uh, and all the mods out there. Thank you very much to Chris and Politius for dropping all the links and all that stuff. Thanks, guys, very much. Johnny B, yeah, plumbing, it's a... Uh, I'll, I'll talk about the plumbing project in a second here. Let me say hello to all you guys out there, and then we'll uh, we'll move on. Um, let's see. Uh, I saw someone drop a drop something. Where'd it go? It just disappeared on me. A package? Who got a package? Um, I saw somebody. Where'd it go? Oh, there it is. Panzer Pappy. Thanks for having dinner on Friday. At yes. Uh, it was good to hang out with you guys, man. Thanks for being here today. Uh, appreciate you very much, man. Thanks for the new follow over there on Twitch as well. Everyone over there on D Live, yeah, you can't chat anymore. They demonetize the the, the D Live stream. And every every day though, we get people over there that are over there lurking and hanging out. So thanks for that, guys. If you want to uh, watch stuff that's uncensored, well, go to Foxhole.app and watch it over there and take all your money out of D Live because they keep monetizing people who they don't like. Uh, say stuff that they don't like, so screw them. Freedom Not Free and a Rumble crowd over there working on their way in. Thanks for being here today, guys. Do me a favor, hit that plus button on Rumble and share the stream. Hit the hit the uh, subscribe button over there. appreciate you guys for being over there on Rumble today. Much love to you guys. Hope Ball as well. All the lurkers on Tiger Network and everywhere else. Thanks for being here today, guys. Hope Ball as well. Hope you guys had a great weekend. God bless you. Peapod said the sheets are beautiful and so generous in size. Indeed. They definitely got some good stuff over there. Ozark Freedom Girl said the sheets and the slippers are awesome. You can vouch for it. Nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I got, they're supposed to be sending me stuff. I end up sending it after I move. Watch that happen, and then somebody else will get the, someone else will get the, the samples. That'll be fun. Dawn S. in the house, good evening. Good to see you out there as well. Um, I'm here because of your recommendation. Ah, thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Um, you know, basically what we do every day is we just try to stay focused on what's important in the news. Uh, I don't get caught up in a lot of the clickbait stuff. I don't get caught in a lot of the he said, she said bullshit um, I just basically try to cover what's important every day, and very often we uh, we 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 find we come across stories that uh, hasn't really been talked about very much. So we try to uncensor them and get them out there. And then the digital soldiers that are out there, all you guys are sharing the links and getting the information out there. That's the goal is to try to fight through the the propaganda and the real disinformation and uh, try to figure out what's going on in this world. So so yeah so. It's a modular home, right? And the modular homes have like the different kind of plumbing style stuff. They don't use copper. They use like this plastic stuff, right? My first time working with that. I've always worked with copper every every time I've ever done plumbing. I've, I've uh, run plumbing. I've you know, new plumbing, old, uh, re fixed plumbing, all that stuff. I can do that all. No problem. Eyes closed, right? Well, plastic. If you want to crimp on a plastic connector, you can buy a, a crimp-on tool for $170, and the connectors are about, uh, you know, five bucks a piece, and then boom, you're going to have a nice connector, right? Well, they make these cool little things where you just press them on, and then you have a little turn-off valve that you can connect the, the newer styles uh, faucets to. we got a nice new faucet because I'm sick and tired of dealing with stupid faucets anyways. Um, so, yeah, finally got it. That was the first investment that I wanted to get is finally get a nice faucet, you know what I'm saying? So I got one of those nice that has the different glass cleaner, all that fancy stuff, whatever. Not that I'm ever going to clean a wine glass, but whatever. I got it in case I need it, but it's just because it's a nice one, right? Anyways, point being, it has the hoses that are built into it that connect to the usual style, you know, small 3 uh connectors, compression fittings, right? So what do I do? Of course, you know, connect it. Might as well just connect it all up, right? 
pop everything in, good to go, tighten it all down, turn the water on, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. So water freaking everywhere. Luckily, I already had towels down there because I was afraid that was going to happen because these these pop on little. You know, you just pop it on there and you're good to go. Just make sure you cut it nice and square. No problems, right? No. So turn the water off, clean up the freaking mess and all that crap, right? Got it nice and clean down underneath the, the sink, though, finally. <laughs> so um, so then I just put the, the old compression fitting on top and smacked it with a hammer a couple times and then turned the, tur- left the left of water closed, you know, and then turn the water on, check for leaks, no leaks, boom, we're good to go, connect it all up, and then finish up to finish the install. So it ended up taking me, like, I had to make a, r- a trip back to the, because I didn't realize it was going to be not be copper. I was like, ah, it's copper, I'm good. Had to go back, and I have a, the, the ratcheting um, pliers to cut, you know, thick PVC. You could have could have bought another one of those, but I've only used the damn thing like twice, right? So you always got to get these tools that sit around that I use once that, I, that I'll probably never use again, right? So I could go buy another $25, $20 tool <laughs> or just go drive back home, grab my tool, and then drive back to the house. So, you know, the usual, what should have taken a 20 half-hour minute project, pop the oval faucet, I'll put a new one in, bam, done. No, can't do that. Can't, can't, nothing can go smoothly anymore. There's no room in there. So I'm like freaking like contortionist underneath there next to this, you know, it was, so yeah, got that all finally figured out. And then, um, was going to start painting and stuff, but I'm just, I hate painting. I'm not a big fan of painting. So I just started kind of wiping stuff down and starting to get the tape ready, stuff like that. Um, but I'm just looking forward to, I honestly, at this point, I just want to move in. You know what I mean? Like I'm always like, okay, before we move in, we're going to clean all this stuff. And so that's what I did. I cleaned the bathrooms, new toilet seats. Did you know they have new toilet seats that are, that are, uh, self-closing? They're like the, the doors, you know, you can, you can kind of push them down and they close themselves. What a concept. 35 bucks a piece, but whatever. How often do you buy a freaking toilet seat? So, yeah, so that was my fun over the weekend, kind of cleaning out the – I got the jacuzzi to work. It's um, it's the old-style, like, 20-year-old jacuzzi tub, you know what I'm saying? It's got the big-ass motor underneath it. That thing's so freaking loud that you're not going to want to be in there when the jacuzzi's going. So looking at trying to maybe replace the the pump for the for the jacuzzi, and I found one at Lowe's for, like, 300 bucks. Yeah. Everything's three to five hundred bucks these days. It seems like plumbing is always three trips. Indeed, <laughs> it, sure, it sure is, isn't it? So yeah, so got that all done though. But um, you know, and then just kind of came back home, just kind of tinkered around and you know cleaning stuff here and there, just kind of getting stuff ready to go. So that was my fun. Hey, do you guys know why you would anyone would keep um, uh, what was it, uh, kitty litter with mothballs in it? Is there does anyone have a freaking clue why you would do that? I'm trying. I'm, I'm sitting over there by the workbench in the garage, and I'm like smelling this smell. What the hell is that smell? And then I finally found the damn mothballs in in kitty litter. I I don't have the slightest idea why, but nonetheless, there we go. So yeah, so that was uh, that was my weekend, man. Um, uh, Z Patriot, uh, you didn't just missing me babbling about the the house. Got the keys on Saturday, so I've been working on the house. You know projects and the fun of all that stuff so yeah um pappy said uh panzer pappy said i feel like we were on the same level on a lot of things my fellow veteran god bless god bless you man yeah dude it was um you know there's there's so much disinformation out there on all sides and there's so much like sensationalism of the news that i I can imagine like people that don't have the time like like i do i don't really have the time but i just do it because i love it and this is kind of like what what i've chosen to do 
to literally spend all day long digging into stuff and trying to find different theories on stuff and looking into things a little bit more. Um, I've kind of like dialed back all that stuff. I just basically point, you know, point people to what's important every day. So in two hours, you get you get all the days, or in this case, the weekend's news pretty quick. So, yeah. Um, Pepper Pansy, I have heard that Threadfest 2 is kind of being planned. I haven't heard anything official yet. Um, it depends. I, I, I'm getting invited to the week reawakened tour, uh, to cover those again still, but I'm just right now, I don't have a whole lot of extra money because of the house and all that stuff. So if I can find ways to fund it, I mean, I've thought, I've thought about like doing, you know, fundraisers on the show, like put up a number. I need 1500 bucks to go to reawaken Dallas, but I just, I don't like doing stuff like that, man. So, so I basically just uh, whatever I can afford to do is what it comes down to. So I try to save as much from uh, the the you know the weekly podcast and the weekly uh, donations and stuff, and see how that goes. But for the next little while here, <laughs> I'm not going to have a whole lot of time or money to do anything. So uh, the land, and especially in the in a, in a short summer up here in Wisconsin, you you only got about you know six months to get everything done, and then and then it's the rest of the you know you're back into winter and fall the rest. So. Yeah, so that's what I'll be doing. Um, <laughs> those toilet seats. Oh, that's hilarious. Peapod said, you know what they say, Abe, if you have any spare time, buy a house. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it'll be an, it is a never-ending project, but I'm looking forward to it. I uh, really am. So that'll be fun. Uh, for a cat that eats nothing but moss, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I can't figure out why there'd be mothballs and kitty litter. I, I thought maybe like bugs or something, but I I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah. Anyways, other than that, um, that's that was my weekend. How was your guys' weekend? Uh, yeah, come up, come, come I'll come up, hang up in Wisconsin, man. I, anytime, anytime, man. Um, it was uh, it was good to meet you, man. It's good to meet new people, and um, it's it's cool how we all kind of find our ways to events like that, and we all, uh, you know, we don't all agree on everything, but um, come to many of the same conclusion on things. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah. So let me hop to it here today. Thanks for hanging out today, guys. Um, lots of stuff to hit to get through today. And I want to start here in Wisconsin since I didn't get a chance to go to the rally on uh, on Saturday and Sunday. Um, this, it started at like 3 to like 7.30 or 8, something like that. I'm like, man, and people standing around the rain for four or five hours. Um, but they did. So that's pretty cool. Uh, here is um, from Channel 3000, election rally at the Capitol puts the pressure on Voss and the GOP. I don't think Voss really cares, honestly. I think he's just trying to go along, get along, and and stay in power, really, when it comes down to it. Um, so, why? Thank you. This is the rally, and let me just let me just play this news coverage. Let me see what this says here. Here in Madison, hundreds of people rallied at the state capitol, calling again into question the 2020 election results, which courts and recounts have both upheld. But the politics of the election deniers have also now taken root in the governor's race. Political reporter Will Keneally was down at the capitol and joins us now with more. Sorry, one of the most prominent figures pushing for the investigations into the 2020 election is Tim Ramthan, a state rep who's also running for governor. I caught up with him just off the Capitol grounds, which turns out is important. So, but when I get back on the Capitol grounds, I'm not a gubernatorial candidate. I'm a 59th rep and I'll be speaking about my resolution and what I'd like to see done with that resolution. 
Representative Tim Ramthan can't speak about his run for governor when he's on Capitol grounds. But what he can talk about is his resolution to decertify the 2020 election. A week ago this past Thursday, I resurrected it through LRB 6309. So LRB 6309 can be acted upon when a special and or extraordinary session occurs with the legislature. Today's rally was also Michael Gableman's first public appearance since his investigation was extended by Assembly Speaker Robin Voss earlier this week. Voss was supposed to close down the investigation, but changed course. At this rally, Gableman is now more of a figurehead than even the highest elected Republican in state government. A phrase I just want everyone to memorize. It's only two words. Toss Voss. The man needs to go. Also at the rally, a Republican primary challenger to Voss. We have to get the people in that building who are going to make the change. And, and really, the change and what we want to see. The investigative part of Gableman is likely over. There's just a couple of court cases to hammer out. But Ramthan wants more. I do believe that as he pokes the issues around where the money went with Zuckerberg and Michael Spitzer-Rubinstein and... The Hey, genius reporter, if it's over, why did he just get his contract extended? And the big five, I, I'd like to see that investigation element continue. I'd like to see information around... Right, so the next date that we'll see for the Gableman investigation will be mid-July. That's when a Waukesha judge will hear arguments over whether Gableman has the authority to jail the mayors of the state's five largest cities over failing to testify in the investigation. All right, so there you go. There's some footage there of the event. Um... I have some more footage I want to pull you up. Hey, Jolene, good to see you out there. So there's the local news coverage on it. Um, <clears throat> also, I wanted to point out this for you guys. Rolling, rolling for Freedom, R-O-L-L-I-N, for Freedom. Uh, they, they've been doing some pretty good work out there, um, so appreciate them very much. And there's uh, several rallies uh, that they have gone to, Jefferson City, Montana, uh, the Lincoln Memorial. Um, this one is in New York, uh, Missouri. Uh, let's see, where's this one? That's Missouri, uh, New York. So yeah, so let me let me uh, drop this link out there for you guys. If you want something to to check out on the internet while we're, while you're listening, um, good work by those guys. Obviously, I mean it's just amazing to watch all the Patriots just stand up. I mean these guys are are working very hard behind the scenes every single day uh, to try to bring the truth about the election. We'll see. Hey, DJ Camp, good to see you out there. So check out that website when you guys get time. Thanks for hanging out today. Z Patriot, did you hear about uh, Porngate in London? Yeah, I got some stuff on that uh, here in the news today. Um, <clears throat> so there's that. Uh, let me pull up my telegram uh, for the uh, audit chat. And there was some, of course, you think I could have like bookmarked this maybe or something or kind of had it ready? No, 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 we don't do that here. We just kind of fly by the seat of our freaking pants. Um, here is some of the photographs from, uh, Wisconsin. You can see, uh, not a huge crowd, but a few hundred definitely out there in the, in the rain. There's Ivan Ranklin having a, doing his, his thing over there. Um, I mean, you can see it was coming down pretty hard. That's why I didn't want to bring my gear out there. $2,000 worth of gear gets wet and ruins it. I'm going to be <laughs> up shit's Creek. You know what I'm saying? So there's Gableman uh, on the courthouse st or on the, uh, States or Capitol steps there. Um, several others. There's Ivan, um, hanging out with um, the hot group. Appreciate those guys. Karen Muller, who's going to be running for uh, state AG, uh, <laughs> basically was asked to run. So um, 
all the way up, to, up and down the ticket, man. A lot of great Patriots over there uh, trying to do what they can. Um, there was some more, I think, up here some ways. Let's see here. Where is it? Uh, Karen Muller for Wisconsin. Here is um, here, here's her speech. Let me see how. Long Why I say Wisconsin needs to. Let's let's watch uh, like the last uh, few minutes of this. Uh, Karen Muller here in Wisconsin, uh, a very important uh, person that we hope can get into office and throw Josh calls George Soros puppet ass out of office once and for all. Because. How many people here believe that somebody they love was? Or, or no, was murdered in the hospitals. That number is stunning. What I will promise to do is if I'm elected, I will open an investigation into each of these areas. And, and if the allegations are found to be substantiated, we will move forward with prosecution. We have an out-of-control federal government. Yes. We have a deep state that yes. thinks that it is lord and master yes. over we the people, yes. and it is not. That's right. Yesterday, our federal government has come out with a new agency yes. under the Department of Homeland Security, yes. Yes. and it's yes. something very close to the Ministry of Truth. Yes. Yes. So they're going to tell each of us what the truth is. Yeah. Not me. Thank you. You said that right. So, <laughs> um, anyway, I'm not going to take up everybody's time much longer, but I just want you to know that the only way that myself or Tim Rantham or the other Patriot candidates have of winning is if everybody gets out and helps. All right. And that means, frankly, I need financial support. All right. I need signatures. And by the way, the capital steps belong to we the people. Yes! Yes! There are men throughout this country, throughout the state of Wisconsin, that bled and died for freedom. You're right about that. And I'd like to know when our First Amendment rights disappeared from the steps of this capital. You said that right. That's our house. So please help me get signatures. Yes! I'm going to close, and I just hope that you will help us um, as we move forward with this. Uh, we have signs for sale. All I'm right. sorry, but I need a donation That's right. or a sale, whatever That's you want right. to call it. But I need help to be able to buy more signs. Amen. So I just want to say God bless you to Thank all of you. you, and may God bless America Thank you. once again. Thank, Thank you. you. So there you go. There's uh, Karen Muller <clears throat> at the United We Stand rally in Wisconsin uh, this past weekend. Um, again, just I can't say enough about the people that are involved in Wisconsin. Um, they're just top-notch patriots, and we don't all agree on politics. We don't all agree on most things, um, but it doesn't matter. We're all marching in the same direction. It's just a beautiful thing to watch when people from different perspectives uh you know, put aside their differences and march for march together for something very important. And I think it doesn't matter what side of the scale you're on. You know what I'm saying? It really doesn't matter. Um, every every American should be concerned with what happened in this election, and we should all work together to uh, make sure it doesn't happen again. Make sure that we actually have 
a legitimate election in this country. Um, Tim Ramthun, uh, great patriot. Um, he'll be running for office uh, for governorship. Uh, going up against a, a rhino, Rebecca Clayfish, who's got all of the support of Voss and the establishment Republicans here in Wisconsin. It's going to be very tough to beat her. Uh, she's the most recognizable name out there, and most people don't pay attention. They just go, hey, I recognize that name. I'll just vote for her. Yeah. So uh, working, we're working very hard to get as much attention about uh, Tim Ramthun and uh, all of the great patriots who are running here in Wisconsin. Um let me just scroll down a little bit more and see if there was anything else in here in the uh, audit chat from pictures and stuff. I thought there was a few more videos and stuff, but I lost track of them because there's so much happening here. Let me scroll up a little bit more. I thought there was one or two other videos in here. Maybe not. Yeah, here we go. Here's some more pictures. Um, oh, there's my sink install. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There's a faucet I put in. That was That's what I spent freaking three hours doing yesterday. It was fun. But um, finally got a nice, I'm sick and tired of putting pans in there and not having enough room to clean them and shit spraying everywhere. And so, yeah, finally got a decent <laughs> kitchen sink. There you go. Um, here's some of the pictures of um, of the rally. Obviously, some some artwork there along with it. Sheriff David Clark uh, speaking at the event this weekend as well. Uh, there's the Capitol there. You can see a lot of great patriots uh, standing out in the rain, um, but they're nonetheless so pretty cool for sure. They had a nice setup there. Um, and hopefully they'll be able to do this again here in, in the upcoming days. There's Tim, Tim Ranthum uh, up in Iowa County uh, doing a, in a, an event. So that's kind of the update from here in Wisconsin today, guys. Um, I wish I could have been there this weekend. But like I said, man, when when <laughs> when you get the keys to the house and you have $2,000 worth of equipment and it's raining outside, the decision kind of was made for me. And I, I kind of regret it because I really wanted to be there. But nonetheless... Um, there you go. There's the update for it. So I appreciate you guys. Thanks for the gold pills out there today, guys. Uh, popcorn Q, uh, what's in this woman's name? Uh, link plays for the AG. Oh, um, Karen Muller, K-A-R-E-N-M-U-E-L-L-E-R, uh, is her name. Uh, she'll be just running for AG here in Wisconsin. Going to be tough. Going to be real tough. Uh, Matrix to Coldbreaker, what's up, brother? Good to see you out there. Thank you for the for the um, gold pills. Appreciate that very much. 1,745 gold pills already. 1,745. Oh, yeah. Q-plus in the house. <laughs> oh, man. Good old days. Man, you guys missed so much fun. Hey, Amy Riggs, good to see you out there. Hope all is well. Thanks for being here with us on Facebook. Do me a favor, help, help share the link. Tell, tell somebody to come hang out with us, man. Tell them we're just kind of covering the news. Usually on DLive, yeah, DLive demonetized me again. Freaking idiots. Just got home. Hey, from Queen City, Classical Chick. Good to see you out there. I hope all is well. Hope all is well. I know that you've been very busy lately, and I've, uh, I appreciate you very much. I appreciate all you've, all you've done in this movement, too. God bless you for all the work that you've done. <laughs> you like to sink? Yeah, I cleaned the shit out of it and stuff, and yeah. That was my weekend, man. So there you go. All right, let me uh, hop in. Oh, thank you, Amy. Appreciate that. Let me keep moving because there's an interesting article that I wanted to read to you guys today um, that I think is worth your time. It's probably about a five or eight minute read, but I think it's really interesting with regards to Ukraine and with regards to some perspective on that front. Hey, Liberty Bells. So let me read this to you guys, and I want to read this for my own benefit too. I, I kind of scanned it, but I want to read it more in depth. So. Um, it is from Escobar, The Clash of Christianities, Why Europe Cannot Understand Russia. I think that's a pretty interesting perspective to take. Popcorn, can you think it for the cookie? Do you think Trump will endorse Ramthun, though? I've heard uh, those two met a couple times. I do believe he will. Yes, I do believe he will. Uh, there's really no other choice here in Wisconsin. You, you can't put 
can't put Rebecca Clayfish in there. She's just a Paul Ryan, uh, you know, part of the part of the party. Can't have that. So hopefully that will happen. See, the chat is not up in DLive. Yeah, they, they demonetized me and pulled the chat down on DLive. I don't know. Screw DLive. Whatever. You can always check out the Foxwood app. we got a great Patriot, great group of Patriot family over there as well. So, Clash of Christianities. Why Europe cannot understand Russia. Western Europeans see the Orthodox and Eastern Christians as satraps and a bunch of smugglers, while the Orthodox regard the Crusaders as barbarian usurpers bent on world conquest. Huh. Interesting. Christianity, once again, at the heart of a civilizational battle, this time among Christians themselves, under under an ubiquitous toxic atmosphere of cognitive dissonance drenched in Russia-phobia, it's absolutely impossible to have a meaningful discussion on the finer points of Russian history and culture across the NATO space, a phenomenon I'm experiencing in Paris right now, fresh from a long stint in Istanbul. At best, in in a semblance of civilized dialogue, Russia is pigeonholed into the reductionist view of threatening, irrational, overexpanding empire, a way more wicked version of the ancient Rome, uh, Persia, the Ottoman Turkey, or the Mongol India. The fall of the USSR a little over three decades ago did hurl Russia back three centuries, but it's... uh, In the 17th century, Russia historically had been interpreted as a secular empire, immense, multiple, and multinational. This is all informed by history, very much alive even today in Russian Russian collecting and unconsciousness. When Operation Z started, I was in Istanbul, the second Rome. I spent a considerable time of my late walks around Hagia Sophia, reflecting on the historical correlations of the second Rome with the third Rome, which happens to be Moscow, since the concept was first announced on the start of the 16th century. Later, back in Paris, banishment to soliloquy territory seemed inevitable until an academic pointed me to some substance, although heavily distorted by political correctness, available in the French magazine Historia. There's at least an attempt to discuss the Third Rome. The significance of the concept was initially religious before becoming political, encapsulating the Russian drive to become the leader of the Orthodox world in contrast to Catholicism. This has to be understood also in the context of pan-Slavic theories springing up under the Romanov, under the first Romanov, and then reaching their apogee in the 19th century. Eurasianism, in its several declinations, treats the complex Russian identity as double-faced between the East and the West. Western liberal democracies simply can't understand that these ideas, infusing infusing varied brands of Russian nationalism, do not imply hostility to enlightened Europe, but an affirmation of difference. They could learn a bit more from reading more, Gilles Deleuze for that matter. Eurasianism also weighs on closer relations with Central Asia, and necessary alliances in varying degrees with China and Turkey. A perplexed liberal remains, uh, uh, excuse me, a perplexed liberal West remains hostage to a vortex of Russian images which it can't properly decode, from the two-headed eagle, which is the symbol of the Russian state since Peter the Great, to the Kremlin cathedrals and the St. Petersburg Cathedral, the Red Army entering Berlin in 1945, the May 9 parades, the next one will be particularly meaningful, and historical figures from Ivan the Terrible to Peter the Great at best, and we're talking academic level experts, they identify all of the above as flamboyant and confused imagery. The Christian Orthodox Divide. 
the apparently monolithic liberal West <clears throat> itself also cannot be understood if we forget how, historically, Europe is also a two-headed beast. One head may, may be tracked from Charlemagne all the way, up, way to the awful Brussels Eurocrat machine, and the other one comes from Athens and Rome via Byzantine and Constantinople. Constantinople. The second Rome reaches all the way to Moscow, the third Rome. Latin Europe, for the, for the Orthodox, is seen as a hybrid usurper, preaching a distorted Christianity, which only refers to St. Augustine, practicing absurd rites and neglecting the very important Holy Ghost. The Europe of Christian popes invented what is considered a historical hydra, Byzantinum, where Byzantines were actually Greeks living under the Roman Empire. Western Europeans, for their part, see the Orthodox and the Christians from the East. Uh, for their part, see the Orthodox and the Christians from the East. See how they were abandoned by the West and Syria under ISIS and Al Qaeda as satraps, as satraps, and a bunch of smugglers. While the Orthodox regard the Crusaders, the Teutonic Chevaliers, and the Jesuits correctly, we must say, as barbarian usurpers bent on world conquest. <clears throat> In the Orthodox canon, a major trauma in the Fourth Crusade in, in 1204, which utterly destroyed Constantinople, the Frankish chevaliers uh, happened to eviscerate the most dazzling metropolis in the world, which congregated at the time all the riches from Asia. That was the definition of cultural genocide. The Frankish also happened to be aligned with some notorious serial plunders, the Venetians. No wonder, from that historical juncture onward, the slogan was born, Better the Sultan's Turban Than the Pope's Tiara. <clears throat> so since the 8th century, uh, Carolingian and Byzantine Europe were de facto at war across the Iron Curtain from the Baltics to the Mediterranean, comparing it with the emerging uh, new Iron Curtain of the Cold War 2.0. After the barbarians' invasions, they neither spoke the same language nor practiced the same writing, rites, or theology. This fracture significantly also trespassed Kiev. Kiev. The West was Catholic, 15% of Greek Catholics and 3% of Latins, and in the center... Uh, and in the center and in the east, 70% Orthodox, who became hegemonic in the 20th century after the elimination of Jewish mi minorities by mainly the Waffen-SS of the Galactica Glacia Division, the persecutors of Ukraine's Azov Battalion. Let me read that again. This fracture significantly also trespassed Kiev. The West was Catholic, 15% of Greek Catholics and 3% of Latins. And in the center in the east, 70% Orthodox, who became hegemonic with the 20th century after the elimination of Jewish minorities by the mainly Waffen-SS of the Gal Galicia Division, the persecutors of Ukraine's Azov Battalion, precursors of Azov Battalion. Constantinople, Constantinople, even in decline, managed to pull off a sophisticated geostrategic game to seduce the Slavs, betting the Muscovy against the Catholic-Polish-Lithuanian combo. The fall of Constantinople in 1453 allowed Muscovy to denounce the treason of Greeks and Byzantine Armenians who rallied around the Roman Pope who badly wanted to reunify Christianity. Afterward, Russia ends up constituting itself as only Orthodox, the only Orthodox nation that did not fall under the Ottoman domination. Moscow regards itself as Byzantine, Byzantinum, uh, as a unique symphony between spiritual and temporal powers. Third Rome becomes a political concept only in the 19th century after Peter the Great and Catherine the Great 
had vastly expanded Russian power. The key concepts of Russia, uh, empire, and orthodoxy are fused. They always imply Russia needs a near abroad, and that bears similarities with the Russian president Vladimir Putin's vision, who, which is significantly is not imperial but cultural. As the vast Russian space has been in constant flow for centuries, that also implies that the central role for the concept of encirclement. Every Russian is very much aware of territorial vulnerability. Remember, for starters, Napoleon and Hitler. Once the western borderland is trespassed, it's an easy ride all the way to Moscow. Thus, this was very unstable line that must be protected. The current correlation is the real threat of Ukraine made to host NATO bases. Onward to Odessa. Last couple paragraphs here. With the fall of the USSR, Russia found itself in geopolitical situation last encountered in the 17th century. The slow and painful reconstruction was spearheaded on two fronts, the KGB, later FSB, and the Orthodox Church. The highest level interaction between the Orthodox clergy and the Kremlin was conducted by Patriarch Kirill, Kirill who later became Putin's Minister of Religious Affairs. Ukraine, for its part, became a de facto Moscow protectorate way back in 1654 under the Treaty of Peraslyev. Pereslav, something like that. Much more than a strategic alliance, it was a natural fusion in progress for ages by two Orthodox Slav nations. Ukraine then falls under the Russian orbit. Russian domination expands until 16, 1764, when the last Ukrainian hetman, commander-in-chief, is officially deposed by Catherine the Great. That's when Ukraine becomes a province of the Russian Empire, 1764. As Putin made it quite clear this week, Russia, quote, cannot allow the creation of the anti-Russian territories around the country. Operation Z will inevitably encompass Odessa, founded in 1794 by Catherine the Great. The Russians at the time had just expelled the Ottomans from the northwest of the Black Sea, which had been successfully run by Goths, Bulgars, Hungarians, and then Turkish peoples, all the way to the Tatars. Odessa at the start was uh, peopled, believe it or not, by Romanians who were encouraged to settle there after the 16th century by the Ottoman sultans. Catherine, the, Catherine chose a Greek name for the city, which at the start was not Slav at all. And very much like St. Petersburg, founded a century earlier by Peter the Great, Odessa never stopped flirting with the West. Tsar Alexander the and Alexander I in the early 19th century decides to turn Odessa into a great trading port developed by a Frenchman, the Duke of Richelieu. It was from the port of Odessa that Ukrainian wheat started to reach Europe. By the turn of the 20th century, Odessa is truly multinational after having attracted, among others, the genius of Pushkin. Odessa is not Ukrainian. It is intrinsic part of the Russian soul. And the and soon the trials and tribulations of history will make it so again as a re independent republic, as part of the Norvosaya Confederation, or attached to the Russian Federation, the people of Odessa will decide. Some interesting perspective as Zero Hedge this weekend had a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of really interesting articles and we're going to hit on all of them today uh, i got a, probably five or six zero hedge articles up today and that's one that i thought uh would be worth spending a little bit of time reading i think it's interesting to talk about how how religion plays a role in what's happening in ukraine and in russia and really around the world right now um you know the history of religion is is um is full of bloodshed unfortunately um, and it, it appears to me that um, nothing much is changing 
in current times as humans have devolved in this country and around the world since caveman days back to, well, caveman days again. Ugh. Where's your map? You want to see that on a map? I can I can pull that up for you if you'd like. Uh, the Odessa area is um is the the you the the exact area you would think it is. I'll uh actually let me tell you what while, while we're here, let's go ahead and check out Live View and see what the see what the propagandists are saying. Uh, this is Odessa here, this area here. I think that's right. Do I have that right? It's this area down at the port down here, right? Odessa. double check it Odessa yeah yeah so it's this area down yonder here uh, that's Odessa um, explosions near Kherson air defense engaged aerial targets in the Mikolev region um, Russian attempt to destabilize the situation in Odessa 12 suspected saboteurs detained 12 hours ago uh, new Russian missile strike over the bridge in Odessa region. So there you go. Um, lots of activity over there for sure. Um, President Z- uh, Zelensky met with Minister of Foreign Affairs of the Kingdom of Denmark today. Adam Schiff there yesterday. Why in the world is Adam Schiff? Uh, actually, we know why, because he's securing his financial interests, as always. Oh, you couldn't see that. Crap. And it helps. I guess it helps if I show it on on the screen so you guys can see it too. That would be that would be helpful. Do you want to see where that's at, then? <laughs> this is Odessa region right down here. This area right here, uh, right where you're seeing like a lot of these explosions down here. Um, this area right here. So. Yep. Yep. Anyway, interesting discussion with regards to um, you know the the. Uh, <laughs> Good side profile. Uh, with regards to what's happening over there in Ukraine. All right. Let's keep it moving today, shall we? What else do I have here? Oh, yeah. Catherine Engelbright in the news this weekend uh, in Georgia. Let's stick with the election integrity stuff. <laughs> um, Catherine Engelbright, Georgia Governor Kemp, and the Secretary of State Raffsenberger covered up Evidence of voter fraud by Deborah Henney in American Greatness dropped today. During an interview over the weekend, Catherine Engelbright, the founder of the president and president of True the Vote, claimed Georgia's governor and secretary of state covered up clear evidence of election fraud and of a mounting a smear campaign against her organization. Engelbrecht told uh, War Room podcaster Steve Bannon on Saturday that she provided solid evidence of ballot trafficking to Governor Brian Kemp and Secretary of State Brad Raffsenberger, but rather than act on it, they tried to discredit True the Vote's work. Big surprise. The vote monitoring organization used both geospatial cell phone data and video surveillance to capture uh, illegal ballot trafficking activity in six states. True the Vote claims it was able to isolate 2,000 traffic harvesters or mules who visited drop boxes with stacks of ballots late at night, used gloves to to conceal their fingerprints, and took photos of themselves at the drop boxes to secure payment. The ballot harvesters were caught on video making these trips to multiple drop boxes in battleground states. This is the 2,000 Mules movie that's coming out on the 7th. 
In the spring of 2021, while her team was still working on obtaining the video evidence, Engelbright said she presented to the geospatial data to her team, had gathered in Georgia to Kemp and Georgia Bureau of Investigation, and they spent the next seven months covering it up. She said it wasn't until former President Trump held a rally in Georgia and name-checked True the Vote that GBI took action. During that rally on September 25th in Perry, Georgia, Trump said a new investigation by True the Vote, a very respected group, alleges a gigantic illegal ballot harvesting operation involving large numbers of people throughout the state. September 25th. (sighs) Quote, with all these discrepancies and criminal acts, Governor Kemp and Raffensperger and your attorney general, who unfortunately has not decided to get involved other than looking at people that are questioning the votes, aren't interested in the people that committed the voter fraud they're only interested in me and others, said President Trump. Engelbright said after the rally that at, to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution published a letter from Vic Reynolds, the head of the GBI, torching True the Vote's data. In his letter to True the Vote and Georgia GOP Chairman Dave Schaefer, Reynolds wrote that the data was curious but didn't rise to the levels of probable cause. Engelbright said she found his response to be ridiculous because True the Vote's data, which he cited in his letter, clearly showed issues worthy of investigating further. Go figure. Ingerbloid added that Kemp's other allies disparaged True the Vote during um, meetings in the Georgia Senate in an attempt to discredit the group and to de- delegitimize its work. Well, doesn't matter anymore, Catherine, because now this stuff is going to be coming out and just in time. So there you go. True the, True the Vote with some great work and 2,000 Mules is going to be playing in theaters very soon in a theater near you. Let me check out, uh, let me get the link for the 2000 mules website out there to you guys. This is, this link is just ridiculously long. So can I just, can I just have a regular 2000 mules.com cheese? There we go. If you want to find out how you can purchase the movie, pre-order the book, pre-order the DVD, you can do that at 2000mules.com, streaming on May 7th indeed. There you go. There's the link for that if you want to grab that um, and help spread the word on you know on what's happening out there as well. Hey, Beachside. Hope all is well. Good to see you over there on Rumble. All right, there's that link. To everyone out there over there on Twitch, what's going on, guys? Um, did you get a chance to check out the Intel Slave Z that I mentioned to you at ThreadFest? Yeah, I check them out um, pretty much, uh, pretty much daily, um, pretty much daily. But I, you know, I do a lot of, I do all of my own digging um, on stuff, and I'll find. I mean, obviously, I find the articles that people write and stuff like that. But uh, what I'm saying is, I just kind of, um, I just kind of do my own thing. I'll just put it that way. All right, uh, let's see here. The seventh will be online to view it at 8 p.m. of 2,000 mules, indeed. All right. McConnell's exhilarating insurrection. Hmm. Interesting headline. Julie Kelly on April 28th dropping this article out there. All right. When it comes to January 6th, there are no coincidences by Julie Kelly. A dirty little secret about January 6th, one of many, is that Democrats and establishment Republicans, not Trump supporters, wanted to shut down the official proceedings that day. Just as the first wave of protesters breached the building shortly after 2 p.m., congressional Republicans were poised to present evidence of rampant voting fraud in the 2020 election. 
10 incumbent and four newly elected Republican senators planned to work with their House colleagues to demand the formation of an audit commission to investigate election irregularities in the 2020 election. Absent of an audit, the group of senators, which included Ted Cruz of Texas, Ron Johnson here in Wisconsin, pledged to reject the Electoral College results from the disputed states. The Hail Mary effort was doomed to fail, yet the... Um, Yet the American people would have heard hours of debate related to provable election fraud over the course of the day. And no one opposed the effort more than Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. During a conference call on December 31st, 2020, McConnell urged his Republican Senate colleagues to abandon plans to object to the certification, insisting his vote to certify the 2020 election results would be the most consequential I ever have to cast in his 36-year career. Yeah. From the Senate floor on the afternoon of January 6th, McConnell gave a dramatic speech warning of the dire consequences to the country should Republicans succeed in delaying the vote. He downplayed examples of voting fraud and even mocked the fact that Trump-appointed judges rejected election lawsuits. The voters, quote, and the courts and the states all have spoken, said McConnell. If we overrule them, it would damage our republic forever. If this election were overturned by mere allegations from the losing side, our democracy would enter a death spiral. Roughly six hours later, McConnell got his way, cowed by the crowd of largely peaceful Americans allowed into the building by Capitol Police. Most Republican senators backed off the audit proposal. McConnell, echoing hyperbolic talking points about an insurrection seated earlier in the day by Democrat lawmakers and the news media, gloated, they tried to disrupt our democracy, he declared from the Senate floor after the Congress reconvened about 8 p.m. This failed attempt to obstruct Congress, this failed insurrection, only underscores how crucial the task before us is for our republic, said McConnell on the Senate floor. Congress officially certified the Electoral College results early the next day. While he projected a sober tone to the American people, McConnell privately was ecstatic uh, uh, a new book about the 2020 election reveals, quote, I feel exhilarated by the fact that this fellow finally totally discredited himself. McConnell took told New York Times reporter Jonathan Martin about Trump. <sighs> Blah. Trump and McConnell claimed he put a gun to his head and pulled the trigger. Martin writes, really? <laughs> he then asked the reporter what he heard about uh, members plotting to invoke the 25th Amendment, calling Trump a despicable person. McConnell reportedly bragged about how he cr crushed the sons of bitches on January 6th and promised to do the same to them in the 2022 primaries. Now, that seems like an oddly celebratory demeanor for someone who just survived an attack on our democracy in an alleged attempt to overthrow the seat of the government of power, doesn't it? And why was McConnell so certain the four-hour disturbance would spell the end for Donald Trump? Further, and more importantly, why did McConnell's office fail to protect the Capitol on January 6th? His sergeant-at-arms at the time served as the U.S. Capitol Police Board, a four-man body that manages security at the sprawling Capitol complex. McConnell appointed Michael Stenger in 2018 to serve in that role. Stanger, in addition to his House counterpart, Paul Irving, rejected multiple requests by Capitol Police Chief for extra help in advance of January 6th. Stephen Sund, the Capitol Police captain, said he spoke with Stanger on January 4th to ask for National Guardsmen. Quote, instead of approving the use of National Guard, however, Mr. Stanger suggested that I ask him how quickly he could get support if needed and to lean forward in case we had to request assistance on January 6th. He spoke with Stanger again on January 5th. The board still refused to advance his plan for extra guardsmen. 
as the chaos unfolded, right in, as the joint session of Congress convened on January 6th, Sun said he notified the two sergeant of arms by 1.09 p.m. that I urgently needed support for, for uh, and asked them to declare a state of emergency and authorize the National Guard. Stinger and Irving were uh, together that afternoon and said he was waiting for authorization by con- congressional leadership. That approval came an hour later, but with a caveat. Sun also needed the Pentagon's authorization. Almost two hours later, and we still had not received authorization from the Pentagon to activate the National Guard. Sun testified on February 21st, February 2021. Mr. Stinger offered to have Senator McConnell call the Secretary of the Army to expedite the request. I agreed that this would be a good idea. I followed up approximately 20 minutes later to check on the call and expressed the need for leadership to call to assist in expediting the request. Guardsmen did not arrive until 5.40 p.m., four and a half hours after Sun's first dispatch and after the protest had ended. <clears throat> McConnell, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, and D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser, the three leaders responsible for protecting the Capitol on January 6th, still have not explained their failure to do so. Not only did McConnell's top law enforcement officials purportedly overlook the potential for violence on January 6th, he denied requests for more officers days before and delayed sending guardsmen to the Capitol Hill that afternoon. And it will be nearly impossible to find out why. Sturving, along with Stenger, along with Irving and Sund, all resigned on January 7th, 2021. So perhaps there is a darker explanation for McConnell's giddiness on January 6th. What unfolded that day on McConnell's watch ended Republican demands for an election audit, criminalized criticism of the 2020 election, which McConnell still describes as fair and legitimate, vilified Republican lawmakers, and prompted Trump's second impeachment. McConnell also believed that the protest would spell the end of the Trump movement, something the Beltway crony long attempted to quash. Like the Biden regime, congressional Democrats and the national news media, the aftermath of the Capitol protest achieved all sorts of political ends for Mitch McConnell. And when it comes to January 6th, there are no coincidences. Good stuff from Julie Kelly. An American greatness, reminding us that of Mitch McConnell's role in January 6th, which lest we forget without these scumbags making sure what happened at January 6th happened, probably it would have never happened. But no, we can't have that. <sighs> Unbelievable, man. <clears throat> hey, Doxy, thank you for the can. Uh, Denise says MTG says they were set to release it, but the disruption canceled it and ruined their plan. Yeah. Amazing timing, right? It's funny how that works. Guys still uh, talking about the uh, the old crow, right? Yeah, exactly. So there you go. There's uh, some stuff about Mitch McConnell. There's another. Do I have this? Yeah, here we go. New York Times reporter says, A ton of FBI informants were at January 6th caused traumatized fellow journals bitches. <laughs> I got to tell you, man. Zero Hedge was on fire this weekend. This is actually from uh, March 9th, 2022, but it's good timing to fit it in right after that discussion, isn't it? Can't a lonely New York Times journalist try to get laid without Project Veritas operative tricking him into loose lips? (laughs) As Project Veritas reports, the answer is once again, no. (laughs) Um, Now read what Matt said about FBI informants on the January 6th insurrection, along with a host of other revelations via Project Veritas, New York Times national security correspondent Matthew Rosenberg contradicts his own January 6th reporting. There were a ton, quote, 
of FBI informants amongst the people who attacked the Capitol. No shit, Sherlock. You, 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 who knew that? Huh? Rosenberg, it was like me and two other colleagues were there January 6th outside and we were just having fun. Rosenberg said, I know I'm supposed to be traumatized, but like all these colleagues who were in the Capitol building and are like, oh my God, this is so scary. I'm like, fuck off. Rosenberg, I'm like, come on. It's not the kind of place I can tell someone to man up, but I kind of want to be like, dude, come on. You're not in any danger. <laughs> Rosenberg also said, these fucking little dweebs who keep going on about their trauma, shut the fuck up. They're little fucking bitches. <laughs> nice article, huh? Rosenberg said they're making too big a deal. They were making this an organized thing, and that and that it wasn't. He responds, Well, I stand by those comments. Absolutely. So again, that was this was from uh, you know, March 9th. But uh Meanwhile, political dissonance and patriots and veterans being tortured in prison for yet another month and nobody doing anything about it. So actually, there are some lawyers behind the scenes doing hard work on it. But geez, man, just ridiculous, dude. There's that. All right. Let me check in with you guys here in chat, see what you guys are up to. We'll get to the rest of the stuff as we get to the top of the hour here. It's a quick hour flying by already. Um uh, Denise said, I wonder if the January 6th lawyers will be showing the videos the committee doesn't want people to see. Exactly. I'll wait for that. Hey, USA Landshark. Hope all is well. Good evening. Good to see you out there. So there you go. There's the update on what's going on in January 6th stuff. Still lots happening out there. Trennis um, Evans, as you guys know, uh, that I got a chance to interview. Um, I guess he's going to be having a, a, there's going to be a billboard. If you guys get a chance to search around for it. I guess he's going to be on that billboard. We're discussing and talking about the January 6th dissidents and, and detainees. So uh, lots of stuff happening out there on that front, man. It's good to see that the, that the word's getting out there. For, for so long, nobody even talked about it. So finally, uh, the word is at least being spread out there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, MTG is one of the only ones that seems to be talking about it. I've seen Ron Johnson talking about it a few times, but oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, Trex, good to see you out there. Hope all is well. Yes, Threadfest was pretty fun, man, no doubt. Um, hey, Aaron's out there in the house over on Facebook. Good to see you, brother. Hope all is well. Hope you had a great weekend. As I toss a yawn out at you. <laughs> hey, Mac, good to see you, bro. How's things going on your end, man? Well, much love, bro. Now you the man. Sean Joe, thanks, bro. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. All right. More election stuff coming in the second half. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, Naomi, Naomi Wolf talking about uh, dis and misinformation. That should be fun. Uh, Dutch Bank and then back in the news again. Oh, you know, I, I wanted to kind of play. Let me play this right now. Um, Jordan Peterson and I think it's about eight minutes or so. Um, but let's go ahead straight into the disinformation stuff. I'm going to have to shift gears here a little bit. I, you know, I, when I get everything all organized, yeah, let's just go ahead and change that up. I want to I want to hear this, though. Yeah, I heard you had Brooks Agnew on. Congratulations, bro. That's awesome, man. Zedanon, thank you for the shades, bro. Hope all is well with you. God bless you. Uh, so this is about uh, 10 minutes or so with Jordan Peterson talking about... 
the social contagion of mental disorders through social media platforms, a discussion that we should probably be having more often with our kids as we all fall victim to it. But man, let's check, let's check out Jordan Peterson for a little bit here and then we'll get this rest of the rest of the news today. Pages is a history of pre psychoanalytic thought. And part of that is a historical survey of contagion. Right. And so there, so the multiple personality disorder, for example, has cycled through about 300 years. Mm. And there, 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 there are people who are temperamentally susceptible to such contagion. They're likely the same people who are relatively easily hypnotizable. Yeah. It's yeah. likely associated mm. with high openness, by the way. Right. Great book. And, but the first 300 pages is a history of pre-psychoanalytic thought. And part of that is a historical survey of contagion yeah right oh that's not it, that's not the whole video it was 10 minutes where did, oh here it is yeah about 10 minutes let's check this out and so there so the multiple personality disorder for example has cycled through about 300 years mm. and there 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 Thank there, you, there are people you. who are temperamentally susceptible to such contagion they're likely the same people who are relatively easily hypnotizable yeah, it's yeah. likely associated with high openness, by the way. Right. Okay. And you know, and you could also imagine that if you're high in openness, it's harder for you to catalyze and specify an identity, and you're more diverse in your inner life, maybe even your emotional life. And so, mm. right. And then there's confusion here too that we should talk about as psychologists. So, sex and gender, you know, and I've been accused of just saying this, that those are identical, but I know they're not mm. because there is a lot of personality variability on top of biological sex. And it isn't like, it isn't a particularly rare woman who has essentially the same temperament as the average man. Sure. My suspicions are it's probably about one woman in 10. Now it would mm -hmm. depend on exactly how you made the cutoffs, you know, but yeah. I don't, if it's not 10%, maybe it's 5%. I don't care. It's somewhere in that range. And the same can be said for men. And so mm -hmm. it's perfectly possible for a boy to have a temperament that's more like a girl, but that mm -hmm. does not mean that he's in the wrong body. That's, that's the yeah. raw, like, that's a pretty radical solution for a problem mm. that's essentially a consequence of normal temperamental variability. Yeah. And so there is some utility in separating out gender from sex yeah. if you think of gender as personality, which I think is the appropriate way to think about it scientifically. But I knew back when the, when I got entangled in my first political conflict, I thought, all this mucking about with gender categories is going to confuse and hurt way more people than it's going to help. And part of this yeah. is this problem of contagion of confusion. Yes. So yes. all adolescents really need that. That's really what they need is more confusion about <laughs> sex and yeah. gender when they're 13. Yeah. That's just perfect. Yeah. It's freedom. Well, yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, freedom. Yeah, right. Yeah. You, it, and it right. wouldn't be it wouldn't be an issue. I mean, there's nothing androgyny has been around for hundreds, thousands of years. I mean, there's there's ancient sculptures of androgynous figures. I mean, ancient cultures understood androgyny and there's plenty of historical precedent for the idea that androgynous personality is actually more of an ideal. There's lots of speculation yeah. in Christian yeah. mysticism about the androgyny yeah. of Christ. Yeah. 
That's right. And, you know, I, I'm not, I, when I was a teenager, I used to look up to androgynous um, celebrities like, well, David Bowie was a little bit before my time, but he was androgynous. I used to, androgyny was like, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it was an ideal to emulate and to be a tomboy was considered cool, but you would never consider medical intervention. You would never consider hormone treatment or uh, modifying your body to. How about mastectomy? How, yeah, or how I mean, about how about uh, how about attempting to make a penis out of the musculature in your arm? You know, penises are actually quite complex. It's not that easy to take your arm and turn it into one, and certainly not without a tremendous amount of cost and trouble. And then, yeah, well, yeah. and then and then, let's just imagine that you were wrong and confused just for a moment. Mm. You know, and the and the, the contrary argument is, well, you better deal with this early. It's like, yeah, you really know that, do you? You're so bloody yeah. sure about that, are you? Well, they they can the the emotional blackmail that activists have used uh, has been, you know, this argument that if kids don't get this early intervention, then they're at higher risk of suicide. Well, we have absolutely no idea whether. Um, you know, we don't, you know, suicidal suicidal ideation or um, distress is not easily disentangled from confusion around your identity. It's not clear that it's simply transphobia or being trapped. No, no, it's clear that it's, no, trapped. it's clear that it's simply not. It's not simple, yeah. first of all, as, as you just yes. pointed out. It's actually unbelievably complicated. Mm. So, and like you most can see, difficult yeah, things. Yep, yep. Yeah. Well, there's a there's a, a paper that's been recently um, published by Lisa Lippman, who did the original re exploratory research on rapid onset gender dysphoria, and she's gone and interviewed a hundred detransitioners, which is a lot of. People. I think she just because, talked to Barry Weiss about that. Okay. Yeah. Well, her paper. Well, she interviewed detransitioners, so people who have transitioned gender and who now regret it. And there, there's a couple of patterns that stand out. One, one uh, pattern that stands out is that often people felt the need to transition after some trauma had happened to them, so they experienced the trauma. And then another pattern that stands out is that these individuals were sort of sold gender transition as a solution to all of their problems. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I read the paper. I think that mm. one of the most common claims of the detransitioners was that they were tremendously ill-informed about the full consequences of their actions by the relevant medical professionals. Yeah. And, and then we could also say it's certainly possible that the relevant medical professionals are too terrified to fully inform them. Mm. Well, it's their job. I mean, yeah, I know. I'm not. It's not an yeah. excuse, but but it yeah. is. But it but it but it's it's still worth noting because you yeah. can understand. Look, I know what happened in Toronto to the mm. world's lead researcher on transsexual transition in children. Mm. I mean, his life was torn into shreds, and he's an apolitical guy. He's just a researcher, and he's a good one yeah. as well. Yeah. And so the the this fear, you know, you you can say well. You're a professional. It's your duty to stand up regardless of the fear. But mm. but when there's that much pressure, even yeah. people who stand up are going to be inclined to speak a lot less than they might otherwise. Yeah. 
Oh, I had, I've had a press council complaint made against me for a, an article I wrote for the Australian on transgender issues, and it wasn't upheld, but any time a journalist in Australia wants to write about uh, issues, particularly to do with medical intervention and gender dysphoric kids, they are subject to complaints, press council complaints. Well, and if you're, yeah. a, if you're an MD or a psychologist, mm. if someone takes a complaint against you to your college, especially yeah. if that college has been increasingly dominated by activists, you yeah. are so screwed. Yeah. Like I, I had one client just caused me just an in, unbelievable amount of misery. Really? And yeah. well, because you can hijack the whole bureaucracy as a mm -hmm. weapon. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what these activists do. And they're very good at it. And they, you know, they only need to have a couple of successes under their belt and they have a whole system for attacking people. Well, we have yeah. the human rights commissions in Canada, mm -hmm. which are a quasi judicial entity mm -hmm. with, with increasing power. And yeah. that's a perfect weapon for any activist who's motivated to use it. And mm. that whoever the target of the Human Rights Commission is, you can kiss five years of their life goodbye, and there's a mm. high probability that they're going to be found guilty regardless of what they did. It's really, a, it's it's truly appalling, especially given that it's happening under the aegis, hypothetically, of human rights. And, and the ability to give informed consent. Hmm. And this, this is just one, this is an example of how fanatics hijack institutions which you would have previously thought were fairly centrist and moderate so it's you know this the transgender activism issue is is a perfect example because it's a, it's a tiny like transgender activists are a minority of transgender people who are a tiny minority anyway so it's it's just like the the smallest number of people creating an extreme amount of havoc, uh, and it's it, it's a perfect example of how this how a tiny intolerant minority can uh, basically dominate others using all of the all of the new tools. Well, I'll have to disagree to uh, just a little bit with that. What what a lot of people don't understand about this transgenderism and all this stuff, it's it's all an agenda. It's not an accident that these people are are pushing this stuff. It's all about destruction of the family. It's all about control. It's all about um uh population control. Kind of hard for transgenders to have children. Um it's all about control over your children too. Um, it's a much bigger, it, I, w I wish more people would talk about how this is the purposeful, uh, destruction of the nuclear family, the purposeful, uh, attack on anything that is, uh, normal, <laughs> I guess is where I would go with it. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's that's the part that I think people have a hard time wrapping their head around. Not not this this crowd. I'm saying people in general. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they have a hard time wrapping them wrapping their heads around the fact that this is all purposeful by the playbook. Sololinsky uh, rules for radicals on how to control a population using Marxism as the foundation of it. Um, and so they kind of missed the mark on that. But a good discussion nonetheless. 
on how social media and the role of social media is hypnotizing our children. Um, you know, I, I grew up when I was one of the only parents who would not let my preteen children, daughters and son to have a cell phone. What the F do you need a cell phone for? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's just a ridiculous world of, of lack of parenting. And it's, it's even worse today. Like if you get a, you get a kid that's 13 years old or something, they expect to have a phone, if not younger. Uh, I see kids, you know, 10, nine, eight years old walking around with a phone. Um, there, there's so much more to the purposeful nature of this stuff that I think is the biggest part of it. Um, Hey, Susan girls, good to, good to see you out there. Destruction and enable tolerance of the illegal alien amnesty. That too. Um, Panzer Poppy says, I feel like COVID brought families back together and red pill more people. Uh, definitely, uh, Panzer Poppy. A lot of people had time to, to dig, and that was the, the best time for us crazy conspiracy theorists to, to get into the homes of people and try to wake people the hell up out of their slumber and say, hey, we got a serious problem here. You can hate me all you want. You can hate my politics. You can call me a MAGA racist all you want, but we got a serious problem as a country out there. Uh, we all better start waking up to it um, because it doesn't matter. Uh, what's part of the political spectrum you're on, we're all going to suffer if uh, these people pull off what they want to pull off. Mez, it's good to see you out there. You identify as impregnable. <laughs> God wins, Q. <laughs> Mez, much love to you. Good to see you out there. I saw your comment earlier. Mike Ritz, hey, Mike, good to see you, man. I uh, hope all is well, my friend. God bless you. Uh, appreciate all your work, man, big time, big time. I appreciate you big time, man. Uh, keep, God, stay, keep walking with God, man. People like you are are a blessing to this country, man. God bless you, Mike Rich. Um, Jay said, my grandson says uh, he only has to do one thing a day. My daughter says uh, he uses a whiteboard. Oh, gosh, gotcha, you're just kind of having a conversation out there. So many were indeed awakened by COVID and more are being awakened by now the, the truth of this election garbage. And which is why you now see the, well, you know, the, Ministry of Truth popping up. I was going to read this article for, for you, but let's just listen to to this in her own the words. End of censorship. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't play Tucker too often because you know it's, you, all the clips usually go around there. But when he nails it, uh, it's worth spending some time, five six minutes of your time, checking this out. Check it out. Means the end of neoliberalism. Watch as cable news personalities come to that terrifying realization. Is there any danger in a Twitter owned by Elon Musk? Misinformation and disinformation could be amplified considerably. I don't think anyone disagrees it should be a free and open uh, debate or, or platform, mm -hmm. but I mean, should it be a, necessarily a font for misinformation? Liberals are concerned that this will further open the floodgates for hate speech and disinformation. I don't think we actually want an anything goes Twitter because we've seen that white supremacists and conspiracy theorists are willing to use the platform to spread lies and disinformation. Shut the fuck up, you are you moron. concerned that what Musk is trying to do is to open up the platform for more misinformation about topics such as COVID nineteen like and the twenty twenty election? <laughs> the best is that a woman from a group called Free Press spent her cable news hit arguing against a free press. But no irony alarms went off, those have been disabled. Notice that virtually every person you saw in that montage fretted aloud about the threat of misinformation. If people are allowed to talk, they'll tell you the wrong things about, say, COVID-19. 
Well, Naomi Wolf has spent the last two years taking a deep and forensic look into COVID-19 and our response to it and the media's coverage this is worth of your it. Time. Check this She's out. written a fantastic new book called The Bodies of Others about it. She joins us tonight to assess the claims of misinformation. Naomi Wolf, thank you so much for coming on. So they're fretting about the idea that our social media platforms, our media itself, could be flooded with misinformation about, say, COVID. Are you concerned about that? I'm concerned that we're having this conversation in the United States of America. Right, um, it exactly. used to be that we all understood that we had a First Amendment. It came first because everything else depends on it. And yes. you're not supposed to create restrictions uh, or chill speech. And, and the news media used to be the people who understood best that you're supposed to allow space for even unpopular discussion, even controversial discussion. I remember that in America, we used to talk about true or untrue. Something was either a fact or it was not a fact. And what's so Orwellian about this discourse about misinformation and disinformation, and I think Jen Psaki even came up with malinformation, is that it's not whether it's true or untrue, it's whether it's naughty thinking or wrong think. Um, <laughs> and that is un-American. That's much more like a CCP style socialist environment in which you can't go against those in power. You can't go against the state. Um, and that's a catastrophic situation. It's such an insightful point that you just made, because what you're saying is that truth is no longer a defense. Well, exactly. And I mean, these people aren't saying God forbid they someone might say something that's factually inaccurate, in which case in America, we, you know, shine light on that so that factual accuracy can prevail, right? Sunlight right. is the best disinfectant. No, that's not what they're saying. And listen to how there's this slippery slope they've created. Um, they all mention hate speech, right? Well, in just the last couple of years, speech that we might not like or that people like us think is, you know, sexist or racist or wrongheaded or homophobic, that's been turned into hate speech. And then hate speech has become a slippery slope into white supremacist discourse and thus violence and a threat to democracy. So that's all been collapsed and it's been collapsed intentionally so that people will be scared to have open, robust, you know, American conversations where people who disagree with each other uh, respectfully or disrespectfully disagree. I mean, if you want to see real open debate, all you need to do is go back to the way our founding fathers' newspapers used to cover events or yeah. the way newspapers covered events into the first half of the 19th century in our country. Um, there was so much, you know, open debate, name calling, um, kinds of discourse that wouldn't even be allowed today. But Jeff Jefferson and others understood that that was vitally important in order to keep our democracy safe. So it's a very totalitarian thing to say that speech is violence and the left is doing it. And I'm ashamed of that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fascinating if you compare the debate over the Iraq war and I'll admit right out loud, I was on the wrong side of that debate, but there was a debate. I mean, there was a, there was an actual debate. Two sides went up against each other and, you know, one prevailed. But you don't see any debate whatsoever about the current war uh, that we're involved in. You saw really no debate about COVID-19. You don't see any real debate about the biggest issues in our country. And that's partly the 
the real danger of these tech companies being the town square and also I would say lockdown intensified that because we were forbidden to gather in town halls or churches or synagogues or in really in the street or in our homes and talk to each other and so we were all driven onto these tech platforms and I run a tech company the kind of censorship you can engage in on a tech platform is very yeah. insidious because it can be invisible you can censor people by shadow banning or by algorithms or Google just syncing certain results or raising certain others so it's not as visible as a pile of books being burned in a German square in the 1930s um, and so we don't even know what we don't know on these tech platforms super scary you become such an important voice on the side it's a really good discussion by Naomi um, <clears throat> Sundance writes the article the first principle in battling against the Alinsky crew is not to accept their terminology controlling language is a specific tactic of the professional political left we used to call it labeling but modern leftists moved beyond labels into the creation of new definitions modern leftists now use two different strategies depending on their target create new words the, the, the traditional labeling and redefine existing words what is the definition of is in this interview, Naomi Wolf is one of the few people I've seen that correctly starts her discussion by dispatching the linguist and framing her own baseline argument. All politicians and candidates for office should watch how Wolf responds to the first question. Wolf doesn't waste time debating misinformation, disinformation, or malign information. Instead, she accurately says those things do not exist. Information stands undefined from that position there are truth and lies her approach is exactly correct do not accept the insanity of Alinsky's lang language effort a refreshing and really good interview indeed so good stuff from Tucker uh, and a great discussion from Naomi Wolf about you know the the linguistic side of this is something that we've all been talking about for a long time and I think that absolutely is is nailing it hitting the nail on the head there is no hate speech exactly laura it is it, it, there is no such thing as hate speech it is too bad if you do not like what i have to, what i don't if you do, if you don't like what i have to say i don't care if you don't like what i have to say simply close your ears walk away or change the channel it's that simple no, we don't do that anymore. You will accept my version of the way I want to say these things. Have you guys heard about a local carpenter who continues to spread disinformation deemed harmful by religious experts? Coming out of coming out of us from Jerusalem, religious experts have begun voicing concerns that a local carpenter's disinformation is spreading among Israelites most susceptible to unapproved ideas quote visit your nearest synagogue for the latest information on how to obey god listen to the experts a contingent of authorities in jewish law spoke out against the carpenter's simple teaching about loving god and your neighbor quote follow the data we need tills loopholes and ever-changing rules not repentant hearts they usually divided pharisees Sadducees and scribes showed solidarity in fact-checking Jesus' teachings. We rate Jesus' teachings as needs context, said the spokesman for the group. Expenses have ex Eyewitnesses have confirmed that a group of independent fact-checkers followed the carpenter around holding large signs with disclaimers above his head. Since your sermon includes information about obeying God's law, we've added directions to the nearest synagogue. At publishing time, the religious experts were conspiring with the government to keep the dangerous disinformation from spreading into Judea, Samaria, or other the utmost parts of Earth. 
Babylon B. <laughs> uh, reminding us the original master of disinformation, as they say, Jesus himself. All right, about a half hour left. Thanks for hanging out with me today, guys. God bless you all. 3,145 gold pills today. Thank you guys very much for all the support, as always. Lady Judy, the Lady Pug, I see clearly. Mez, Liberty Bell, Zeta, Anon, Sean Joe, um, Dixie, Popcorn Q, Matrix, the Cold Breaker. Uh, Glenn, thank you as always. God bless you, brother. Appreciate that. Warrior, Warrior Mima, Ozark's Girl. Thanks, guys, for all the support um, over there on, on Foxhole.app. Can't do it without you guys. Much love to you guys. Let me uh, check in with the rest of the chat, and then we'll get to uh, kind of a rapid-fire news blitz half hour for the last half hour of the show here, as usual. Try to get as much information out there to you guys as possible. Thanks for joining us here today. Great crowd over there on Twitch today. Thanks for being here today, guys. God bless you all. Volfan with a new follow, as well as Daza. Thanks, guys, for the new follows over there. Appreciate you guys very much. Um, don't forget, if you have an Amazon membership, you can uh, you can uh, subscribe to the channel, and it... Uh, doesn't cost you anything, and it uh, helps the channel. So thanks, guys. Appreciate you guys. Beachside over there. Re, re, ruination of the family is the goal indeed. Um, Michelle's out there. Good, it's good to see you out there, Michelle. This is truly a, truly a spiritual battle. Eat good versus evil, right versus wrong. Indeed. God bless you. Good to see you out there. Hank said they started uh, really feminizing men back in the 1990s when men started shaving their body hair. Yeah, I hear you. I shaved once. <laughs> <laughs> at a swimming competition. I was a diver and I went to a swimming competition and all the swimmers shaved because it was faster. Yeah, as if I as if I needed that extra freaking five seconds, right? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> uh like the t- the things you go through as a as an athlete, right? Uh Zenithin said the new speak like 1984 indeed. Nano said, Hi everyone, just monitoring. Good to see you out there, Nanonos. Um, God bless you. Stay strong, stay strong. Uh, DJ Camp, no, not a problem. Uh, and Glenn, don't uh, forget to click the the pass button. Yeah, thanks for hitting the uh, plus button there over there on uh, on Rumble, guys. Much love to you guys. Thanks for hanging out today. All the lurkers over there on Tiger Network and everywhere else, guys. Much love to you guys. Thanks for hanging out today. Fluoride in the water, indeed. One of many problems. <laughs> that was a bad idea, Panzer. <laughs> I get it. Uh, I get. I get how bad of an idea it is. <laughs> Uh, Thumper Rose, good to see you out there. Said uh, Thumper's going to be going to the rally in Idaho. That's awesome. Uh, and Biden's going to be, um, Biden's 1990 speech was Wilsonite globalism jackpot, indeed. In the 80s, they began uh, implants. That's a second wave feminism, second, third wave feminism time frame, indeed. The Marxist uh, authoritarian version of feminism. All right, let's get through the last half hour here, guys. I still got about 10 or 15 articles up. I'm going to try to get through all of them as fast as possible. Congress claims Amazon potentially obstructed justice. Huh? This was also dropped on March 9th, but wait a minute here. Amazon faced multiple investigations into whether the platform implicitly favors its own products. Back in 2020, Wall Street Journal published a series about Amazon's use of proprietary data collected on third-party sellers and how the company used this information, which it doesn't share with its competitors, to produce its own rival products. Well, so you're saying Amazon's using Amazon Prime and the rest to gather data on people to, oh, undercut uh, manufacturers and other things? Yes, indeed. You would think they'd be held accountable. I'll wait. That was dropped in March, and we're now it's friggin' May. Uh, today in Amazon, Amazon workers vote against us- unionizing 
New York's warehouse dealing a major blow to the organizers. You would think that uh, in New York that it would be easy for them to unionize. But once again, the people are standing up against the unionization. Great news for uh, the future of uh, labor in this country. I'll just put it that way. Uh, coming out of Russian oligarch with close ties to Putin, met with Hunter Biden in Moscow over a potential investment deal before meeting twice more in New York and D.C. Now they're sanctioned by the U.K., but not the United States. Emails obtained by the Daily Mail reveal Hunter Biden had courted Vladimir Yevon Tushenkov, I think. Yev Tushenkov, something like that. A Russian oligarch with close ties to Putin. The billionaire 73 owns a company which has reportedly supplied Putin's forces with drones used for deadly bombings in Ukraine. He was sanctioned by the United Kingdom and Australia this month, but remains unsanctioned by the Biden administration. The president's son is now and his now jailed business partner, Devin Archer, sought an investment from the billionaire in Rosemont Realty in 2012 and 2013. Emails from his abandoned laptop show Hunter booked a trip to Moscow for dinner with the oligarch and his company's uh, Sistema's headquarters in February of 2012. Sistema itinerary translated from Russian also showed March 14, 2012, breakfast with Hunter Biden at the Ritz-Carlton in New York. The following day, Yev Tushenkov had another breakfast with Rosemont Realty at the city's Ritz-Carlton on March 15th, according to the itinerary. More and more keeps coming out with regards to the Biden, Hunter Biden laptop, and I think more is going to be coming out this week as you're seeing the stage set for uh, more to come from Hunter Biden. Deutsche Bank offices... Re- Never mind. Uh, emails surface more... Um, more evidence Hillary Clinton paid for anti-Trump disinformation operation. A seven-minute read from the Federalist Margot Cleveland dropped on, on April 29th. Evidence continues to mount that the Hillary Clinton campaign paid former MI6 agent Christopher Steele to launder fraudulent opposition research through U.S. intelligence agencies. Newly published internal emails reveal that before Fusion GPS hired Steele, on behalf of the Clinton campaign to dig up dirt on Donald Trump, the opposition research firm began peddling several of the same Russia collusion lies that the former MI6 agent would later detail in the Steele dossier. This fact highlights a significant aspect of the Spygate scandal that deserves further focus and condemnation. Indeed, indeed, internal emails revealing that they had already been peddling some of this stuff before even the dossier was peddled. Huh. Democrats, outrageous exploitation of intelligence credentials and connections, launder scurryless accusations against political enemy. Um, Let's see here. These emails prove significant much beyond exposing the symbolic relationship that existed between the Clinton-funded Fusion GPS and the unpaid propagandists in the press. That's because the timing and targets of the communications indicate Democrats paid for Steele to stamp their opposition research with MI6. (laughs) with an MI6 and premature. The law firm of Perkins Coy hired Fusion GPS in April 2016 to conduct opposition research on Trump on behalf of the Clinton campaign and the DNC, but Fusion GPS did not retain Steele until June 2016, with Steele's initial memorandum first being dated on June 20th, 2016. By then, however, Fusion GPS had already targeted Page and highlighted Alpha Bank as suspect. Fusion GPS's communications with then-pre-Steele also focused on Page's role as an advisor for Trump campaign. 
various connections to Alpha Bank. Steele dossier would later seemingly confirm Fusion GPS framing of Page as a Russian agent based on the numerous lies Steele's primary subsource, Igor Danchenko, fed the former MI6 agent. Among his other lies, Danchenko, who is currently under indictment for making false statements to the FBI, falsely claimed that Million had provided detailed intel related to Trump campaign and Page. While Steele did not name Danchenko or Million in his memoranda, his dossier not only identified Page, but framed Page as a Russian agent. The Steele dossier then served as a basis for the FBI to obtain a FISA court order to surveil Page and, in turn, the Trump campaign. The DOJ's Office of Inspector General had already escorted the DOJ and FBI agents involved in obtaining the FISA surveillance orders for Page for misconduct, but the blame extends further to the FISA court. It issued the unconstitutional surveillance orders based on Steele's work as a former MI6 agent. Last couple paragraphs here. No wonder Fusion GPS paid Steele. They needed his credential as an MI6 agent to provide gravitas to their opposition research and to hide the Clinton campaign roots of the attacks on Trump. The Clinton campaign also needed Steele to exploit his government contacts, which the former spy did by passing Dossier off, off to his handler and his pal, Bruce Orr, and later the U.S. State Department. Steele thus served as a facade for Democrats' attempt to frame Trump as a Russian patsy, as a Russian patsy. The email dump earlier this week, which represents but a fraction of the hundreds of emails between Fusion and reporters, further reveals this reality by showing that Fusion GPS already had the storyline it paid Steele to compile well in hand before they retained the former MI6 agent. The same could be said for journalists. Margot Cleveland, once again, pointing us to a very important nugget in those emails from last week. Good stuff from her. I want to make sure I get that, that highlighted today. Uh, coming up from, uh, that's an old one. Let me see here. Chief Justice John Roberts. Latest move may single su signal Supreme Court against Roe versus Wade. Very interesting. Chief Justice Ron John Roberts may have dropped a major clue as to what the Supreme Court might do about Roe versus Wade by penning the majority decision handed down Thursday in a completely unrelated case. Roberts, George Bush appointee, who was frustrated, frustrated conservatives often by siding with a course liberal wing, wrote for the 6-3 majority of Cummings versus Premier Rehab Keller, a case involving recovery of damages under the ACA or the Rehabilitation Act of 1973. Court watchers say that say that court watchers say that means Roberts, who already wrote two other majority opinions earlier in the current term, likely won't be writing for the majority in the pending Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. Roberts' authorship of this opinion suggests, but does not guarantee, that he is not writing the abortion decision, said Bloomberg, uh, Supreme Court reporter. Otherwise, he would have had two majority opinions from the December sitting and some other justice would have none. Other pundits were more certain, wow, Chief Justice isn't writing Dobbs, gulps, tweeted Real Clear Politics uh, analyst. Uh, great news, the chance of Roe being overturned just went up, tweeted South Carolina Republican Tim Swain. It's highly likely that Chief Justice Roberts will not write the opinion in the abortion case. The, Dave's, the Dobbs case involves a Mississippi law that bans abortion after 15 weeks. Lawyers for the state are seeking to overturn Roe versus Wade, the landmark 73 ruling that is unconstitutional. The Supreme Court term, the first part of which is divided into a series of two-week sittings where arguments are heard, begins in October 
and it usually ends in late June or July with orders and opinions typically announced in May and June. In the current term, Roberts has already delivered the majority opinion in two cases. In the term before that, Roberts only delivered a majority opinion in two cases. So they're saying because he's only he's already written two, he might not write the next. We'll see. Nonetheless, um, the fact that they're not going after the Texas law and, and it's it that they're letting that stand is very interesting to see how that will play out in the coming terms. All right, keeping it moving today. New York case against Trump implodes after grand jury ends with no charges. New York's grand jury case of Donald Trump is ending without charges for the ex-president as a lengthy criminal investigation into alleged manipulation of property assets to secure tax advantages or better loan rates is set to expire this week. Gotta love the picture. (laughs) Hey, I'm right again. Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg inherited the case from the former DA Cyrus Vance, who accepted uh, campaign donations from Harvey Weinstein. According to the Washington Post, Bragg decided not to move forward and asked the grand jury to vote on charges because the new DA had major issues using Trump fixer Michael Cohen as a star witness. (laughs) Uh, That makes you wonder, doesn't it? Anyways, Trump winning again. Which U.S. which U.S. state drinks the most beer? <laughs> I I figured it'd be a little fun to throw this in there today. Beer consumption spans almost the entire world. <laughs> At the end of 2021, beer in the United States was a 94.1 billion dollar industry. <laughs> Alongside massive multinational conglomerations, it's also driven over 9,000 breweries in different types. What is beer? I think we know what beer is. The beer consumption by state. <laughs> I, I had to. I mean, I had to. Reason, reason being is to kind of see different parts. Let's see. Budweiser in the Northeast, Bud Light in the Northeast. Man, you guys all just, a lot of people just drink Budweiser. Look at that. Almost the whole country is a major Budweiser drinker. There's a few Bud Light areas. Uh, Ohio is a Heineken drinker. Uh, Indiana, Miller Lite. Race cars and stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh, Illinois is the Goose Island Brewery. Indeed, it's a tasty beer. Up here in Wisconsin, New Glarus, the Spotted Cow, is the greatest local beer. It's by far the most tasty beer I've ever probably had. Uh, let's see. Stella Artois in Florida. That's That's beer. That's disgusting garbage is what that stuff is. Uh, let's see, Black Betty in um, <laughs> Nebraska, <laughs> Coors Light in in uh, that state, uh, Denver Beer Company in Denver, Snake River Brewing in that state, uh, <laughs> Coors Light out there, Bud Light Northwest, Lone Star Beer in Texas. There you go. There's the the summary of uh, beers <laughs> around the country. California has 1,466 breweries, by far the largest state of breweries. Isn't that crazy? New York, Pennsylvania, Washington, Michigan has 600. Texas has 530. Um, beer sales during the pandemic were up by 10%. <laughs> In case you're wondering about anyone having anxiety over the... Yeah, there's that. All right, anyways... I was searching for tractors. A United Kingdom um, MP resigns after admitting watching porn in Parliament twice. 
Neil Parrish, a British conservative MP in Devon, first elected in 2010, has resigned after admitting watching pornography in the House of Commons when he described it as a moment of madness. I'm not going to defend it, he said. Yeah, you think? I must have been uh, taking complete leave of my senses. <laughs> Fighting back to hold tears, blah, 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 blah. I said he was searching for tractors and accidentally came up upon porn. <laughs> Something tells me that this is much bigger than just this one guy. There's probably more to that story than meets the eye. Oh, well. <laughs> what is the debauchery of this world never ceases to amaze me. Not making the headlines, George Soros dumping $750 into Wisconsin's midterm elections as Democrats gear up for the steal. Jim Hoff dropping this one on us as the individual uh, time-staffed entries. Not making the headlines, $750,000 into the Democrat Party of Wisconsin this year already. Um, the Wisconsin Elections Commission admits they have $7.1 million in the database, but only $3.8 million are eligible to vote. Uh, yeah, we covered that a while ago. Here is the um, George Soros connection right here. $750,000 in donations. Um, Jim says they're definitely gearing up for another steal. So, yeah, 750000 to the Democrat Party of Wisconsin. Soros back at his games again. SCOTUS rules Boston violated the First Amendment in refusing to fly the Christian flag, the case that we talked about last week as the, as the Supreme Court was uh, taking up a religious uh, freedom, uh, free speech, First Amendment uh, case last week. And indeed, the Supreme Court ruled um, unanimously in favor of the ability to have Christians having flags among other groups. Go freaking figure. Susan says beer sales up by 10%. Teenage suicide was up by like 50%. Yes, probably something like that, Susan, indeed. Uh, firefighters respond to another industrial fire at Purdue Farms facility. Another day, another fire at a food processing plant. Chesapeake, Virginia firefighters responded to an industrial fire at Purdue Farms on Saturday night. Chesapeake fire firefighters battled industrial fire this evening at Purdue Farms in the South Norfolk area. And you can see the pictures there from this weekend. Uh, the damage has little fire on the plant's operations, but nonetheless, yet another one. A small plane killed two people as it crashed near General Mills plant in Georgia last Thursday night. A recent plane crash near General Mills plant comes after a string of food processing plants that have been set ablaze across the United States over the past six months amid uh, soaring food prices and historic inflation. The FBI recently warned of possible cyber attacks on food plants in the United States following a mysterious Rash of fires. What's going on? Uh, sometimes the war gets out into the public. That's what I think was going on. Um, but there you go. There you go. No, another one this weekend. A special grand jury selected in the Georgia investigation of Trump's election roll of the pool of about 200 people called from a county master jury list. 26 were, were chosen to serve up for up to a year. 23 grand jurors and three alternates as a special grand jury was selected on Monday for the investigation into whether former president Donald Trump and others illegally tried to influence the 2020 election in Georgia as the bullshit continues. The investigation has been underway since early last year and Fulton County district attorney Fannie Willis took this unusual step to help it along noting in a letter 
to the chief judge that the special grand jury would be able to issue subpoenas to people who ever refused to cooperate otherwise. The chief judge ordered the special grand jury to be seated for a period of up to a year beginning on Monday. Of the pool of about 200 people, 26 were chosen because of the intense public interest in the case. The court made arrangements for parts of Monday's selection process to be broadcast live. Now that the special grand jury has been selected, however, everything else will happen in secret. What do you think Trump's going to bring to the table on this? (laughs) Brian Case asking that question out there today. That's a very good question, Brian. What do you guys think Trump's going to bring to the table with regards to this? Huh. How do you get evidence issued into the court record? All these slings and arrows. Trump's legal fees got to be in the millions by now. It's crazy what they're trying to do to that man. All right, let's keep it going here. Last couple of articles. Three Scientology defectors sue a church leader, David Miscavige, claiming they were trafficked as kids and one forced into labor on ships. One woman says she was sexually assaulted and locked into an engine room for 48 hours. Uh, Gawain Baxter, his wife, Laura, and Velska Paris are suing the church in Florida. They say they grew up in the church's ships in the Caribbean and were abused. At the age of six, Gawain signed a contract pledging one billion years of service and work to the church. Yikes. He had been given to the church's nursery when he was just two months old. All three told how they were sent to Sea Org ships when they were children they were forced to clean the ships and perform other manual labor for little or no money. Paris said she was repeatedly sexually abused by supervisors on her boat. She claims punishments also included being locked in a 100-degree engine room for 48 hours. All alleged human trafficking against the church leader, Miss Cabbage, who has yet, not yet uh, responded. The spokesman for the Church of Scientology denied the allegations. But what really happens on these cruise ships and where these people come from? The Sea Org free wind ship was where Scientology children said as cadets, where they pledge a billion years of service when they get brought up to space by their space guide, I guess. Another day, another story of sexual abuse in this world. I swear, dude, an amazing world we live in. Uh, while I got a couple of minutes here, I want to do a... Whoops. I want to do a 5-3 Q drop, uh, date drop, and see on 2018. Or actually, it's got to be 2019. Duh. Let me see here. Let me just do a Q delta for tomorrow and see if anything comes up. Nothing for 5-3-2019. Let's try 5-3-2020. Nothing. For, oh, there we go. 520. 5-3-2020. Let's see here. Let's go all the way back to the bottom. Locked on target. Painted. Planned and immediate. Tom Fitton Twitter status. Which says, it was never about Russia. Targeting Donald Trump served to protect Hillary Clinton and now Obama, Biden, McKay, Brennan, Comey, Schiff, etc. And their enables co-conspirators in Obama administration from prosecution. Jackpot. Uh, let's see. Twitter feed. Listen carefully. Date speech made. Minus one election day. Let's all keep moving. Fake mainstream media has from time to time. I announced that I was running for president. Uh, let's see. Enjoy the show. People actually believe those responsible for the attempted coup. Coup attempt of a duly elected sitting president will go unpunished. 
end to our constitutional republic, no equal justice under the law, no accountability, escaped unscathed. Enjoy the show, Q. <laughs> Let's see. Patriots worldwide needed a spark to reignite the engine for humanity. Where we go one, we go all. Indeed. Uh, let's see here. Deprivation of rights under the cut. Yeah. That's a Mike Pompeo Twitter status that shows up. What's this one? Quote, be sure of this. The wicked will not go unpunished, but the descendants of the righteous will go free. Proverbs 1121. Nice. Let's see here. Why are the gatekeepers releasing of criminals, jailing of noncompliance, lockdown people, all Democrat states? Good question. Sometimes you can't tell the public the truth. You must show them. It's time to wake up. Q. Save that one from our 4089. In reality, they're not after me. They're after you. I'm just in the way. People, an, un- an informed, free-thinking public, awake is their greatest fear. United we stand. Q. Stay with me, deplorables. You'll love how this movie ends. Q plus. Q plus popping up on 5-3-2020. There you go. A little fun with Q plus today. As I, I don't know. I don't do predictions. I just think tomorrow's going to be an interesting day and probably the rest of this week. Probably next week, too. We'll see. Maybe not. Going to FCCED as we wrap the show up here today. Two hours flying by. Ex-county assessor pleads guilty to in bribery corruption case. A former Southern Arizona county official has pleaded guilty in a bribery case. Dutch Bank headquarters searched in money laundering investigation. Former Crestwood mayor Louis Presta sentenced one year for bribery. And Coca-Cola Enterprises boss is taking bribes. Deutsche Bank headquarters searched in money laundering investigation. German authorities have raided Deutsche Bank's headquarters in Frankfurt over suspected money laundering at the country's largest lender. Officers from the financial regulator Boffin, Federal Police, and Frankfurt Public Prosecutor's Office launched a raid on the bank's glass-paneled offices, known locally as the Twin Towers, on Friday morning after securing a search warrant from the local court. Deutsche Bank said the issue has been self-reported and it was fully cooperating. I bet they are. I wonder what they know about uh, the Biden crime family. Deutsche Bank shares fell uh, almost 3% following the news. And um, that's pretty much the summary of that. That's a pretty interesting one. Deutsche Bank, 1MDB scandal, Hunter Biden. That opens all kinds of potential for doors on that one. We'll keep an eye on it. Uh, coming to us from the Department of Just Us. See if they figured out how to do justice yet. California couple sentenced for conspiring to subject mother and her two daughters to forced labor. Rewards offered for the capture and conviction of leaders of Honduran drug trafficking operation. White supremacist gang leader and members and associates convicted on racketeering and murder charges. And a New Jersey man pleads guilty to filing a false tax return. Bunch of speeches over the weekend and on Friday. And that's pretty much it from the Department of Justice. This one is kind of interesting. Let me look into this. Uh, let's see. Evidence presented at trial shows that the 1488s are a violent prison-based gang operating inside and outside of the prisons throughout Alaska. The 1488s used Nazi-derived symbols to identify themselves and their affiliation with the gang included the 1488s patch tattoo, Iron Cross superimposed over swastika. Evidence presented at trial uh, showed that Filthy Fur, <laughs> formerly known as Timothy Lobdell, Founded and led the 1488 gang from inside Alaska's maximum security prison. Huh. (laughs) 
Listen to this. According to evidence presented at trial, 1488 members Roy Naughton, a.k.a. Thumper, Glenn Baldwin, a.k.a. Glenn Dog, and Coulter O'Dell worked with uh, Greg Craig King, a.k.a. Oki, who was a member of the Hells Angels Motorcycle Club, to kidnap and murder one of the victims, so forth and so on. So busted on RICO charges. That's the only one coming us from there today. All right, guys, there's your show for today. I can check in over here at the... Let me just check in here, see, what, see if there's anything breaking here. Cat the Great, anything out there today, Cat? Uh, let's see here. Raise your hand if you're going to the 2000 Mules premiere. Indeed. Um, Oliver Stone, Neocon Objectives. Oliver Stone with some great stuff over there. Treason season continues. Biden administration admitted known terrorist th- th- threats into the United States, gave them work visas. Nice. Um, you really think $33 billion in military hardware is about stopping a war? <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's see. Anybody else out there? Majori doing all kinds of great stuff out there, campaigning. God bless her. Good luck to her as well. And Patel Patriot, Devolve Force coming out in the next few days. Announcement on the pre will be coming soon, so check that out. Stay tuned with Patel to see when Devolve 4 comes out. And check in with Captain K. What is some good news going on in your world right now? Uh, Roe versus Wade, Supreme Court rulings, religious freedom. Lots of good stuff happening in the world. Captain K, good to see you out there. Hope all is well. And with that, guys, thanks for hanging out today. Uh, we'll be back here tomorrow for another edition of Uncensored Abe. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for all the gold pills today, guys. Appreciate you guys very much. Sean Joe, Judy, uh, the Lady Pug, I see clearly all you guys mess. Thanks, guys, out there. I'll go ahead and dump that scratch-offs out there right now real quick. Let me check in with you guys over on Rumble here. How you guys doing over here today? Thanks for hanging out today. Great crowd today. Thank you all so much. Um, Deplora Laura, thank you for all you do. You are special to me. Laura, thank you. Thank you for the donation. God bless you. Um, it means a lot. Uh, you, you don't have to do that, and, and that's very kind of you to say. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. God bless you for being here today. Uh, Marauders out there hanging out, Beachside, Nana knows. Mark my words, there is also a planned epidemic of annual uh, animal illness. We've uh, covered that as well. Uh, lots of, uh, uh, we, last week we saw lots of stuff happening in the chicken coops and stuff like that. Now that's spreading in Pennsylvania all around the country. So all the lurkers out there, thanks guys for being here today. I got the spirit, a vol, uh, vol fan wife, th- uh, uh, life, excuse me. Thank you for the follow over there. Uh, let's do a raid over here on Twitch here real quick. See if we can find anybody. It won't let me raid Frank. That sucks. I wish it would let me raid Frank. Uh, let's see. Sal's fishing. Frank, let me try raiding Frank. See if it'll let me. Nope, it won't let me. So there you go. That figures. Let's go. Uh, let's see. Is I don't think he's live yet. He usually goes live right after. Let's go say out of Pags again. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you guys being here. We'll be back here tomorrow again for another edition. And with that, I want to say much love and God bless you all. Thank you for being here as you are every day. Thank you for all the love and prayers. See you guys tomorrow. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label. Because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference.